whatever it may be, uh, just having a plan and kind of sticking with that plan. And sure, you know, not everything is going to run perfectly. It never does. Nothing's ever run perfectly, I think, for anybody. Um, so it's just a matter of, again, staying dedicated to your plan. And I can't emphasize enough, you know, working hard, you know, the at times you got to also always see the positives right in, in what you're doing it's this is the real estate podcast a show by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs let's hear from our host matt teifke and alex kaufman Everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. This is your co-host Alex Kaufman, and today we have a very special guest for you. It's not necessarily in the real estate industry, and as you guys know, sometimes we dive into the cannabis space. Today is one of those episodes. We have Fabian Monaco. He is the president of Gage Cannabis. Today we talk about his background, what he has found to be successful, and the big things that Gage Cannabis has coming up on the uh, horizon. Uh, they're about to have a IPO, so make sure you uh, stay tuned, sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, guys, let's talk about today's sponsor. Glenn LeBlanc and Supreme Lending have been serving the Austin market for 20-plus years. They are a local lender with in-house underwriting, so you're kept in the loop every step of the way. Whether you're doing a cash-out for home repairs or a first-time home buyer, Glenn makes the lending process smooth and easy to navigate. Always available and able to educate buyers along the way. Choose a local lender when buying your next home. Call 512-672-9472 anytime. And if you say you heard this ad on our podcast, Glenn will refund your appraisal if you use him. Definitely reach out to Glenn. Glenn is a personal friend of ours. The link to his website is in the description below. Now back to the episode. All right. Well, we're, we're good to go, Matt. All right. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast, where a lot of times we talk cannabis. Fabian. Appreciate you being here, man. Uh, means a lot. I'm sure you're a busy guy. Alex and I actually invested in Gage and pre-IPO, and we're super excited. Uh, we got a lot of entrepreneurial uh, listeners and, and people that um, kind of been following us for the years. And what we'd like to do, if it's cool with you, is dive into your background, um, hear a little bit about yourself, kind of where you came from, and how you got to where you're at today. And along the way, we'll just shoot you some questions. So thanks, man. Really appreciate your time. Uh, you're with Gage. Uh, I assume you might be the, the, I know you're the president now, but probably the CEO. So thanks for your time, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate you having me on. And thanks a lot, Alex, as well. Um, it's, it's great to be on and obviously share both my story, but more importantly, the Gage story. Uh, so in terms of my background, it's more capital markets focused. Uh, I was actually, uh, I joined an investment bank I used to be a securities lawyer and joined an investment bank. It was called GMP Securities. It was actually the, the investment bank that brought Tweed Public, uh, which is obviously now Canopy Growth. So I, I joined that investment bank shortly thereafter, uh, after they had brought Tweed Public and got to enjoy a lot of the first in the industries, you know, from a capital market standpoint, got to work on the first acquisition when Tweed acquired Bedrocan. I got to work on, you know, the first $100 million deal. I got to work on the first IPO. So really had the benefit of, of um, being pretty, you know, ingrained in the capital market side of things as, you know, the cannabis industry as a whole really started to ramp up, you know, five, six years ago. And, you know, from there, um, I joined a small boutique investment bank uh, that co-founded Canopy Rivers with Canopy Growth. 
And also, you know, right before I joined with them, we had just completed a financing for Canopy Rivers at my old investment bank, GMP Securities. And, um, you know, they also told me, hey, we really want to go after the Michigan market. And so, you know, we partnered with two um, families. Um, they're some of the most phenomenal operators I've seen in the business. And, and, and you got to imagine, I, I've, I've toured and probably, you know, talked to, uh, I would say, hundreds of cannabis companies over the years. Um, you know, from an advisory standpoint, from an investment standpoint, um, and even just as a, from an education standpoint. And so I really got to take advantage of uh, really seeing, you know, who was really, really good and, you know, who really had a great head on their shoulders and who was really building, you know, the next best brand out there. And, you know, the two main Gage co-founders, uh, you know, we just thought very, very highly of them. And so we started the company. I've been the president since inception. And, you know, here we are today, actually, we just announced this morning the closing of our $50 million reggae financing. It's one of the most successful reggae financings to date, uh, for sure, one of the most successful financings in the cannabis industry for a private company over the past couple of years. So we're really, really proud about that. And obviously, thank you guys for, for your support in that process as well. Yeah, man. Heck yeah. I mean, you've been around if you're talking about, you know, Tweed and Rivers. And I know that those started a long time ago. They've been massive names. Um, and we're, like I said, we're honored. I, I, I bought some shares and Alex told me, he's like, I want half your shares. So I, I sold him <laughs> half my shares. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, super exciting things going on. Um, did you ever see yourself, uh, getting to this position? Uh, I would love to kind of hear your mindset. You said you were kind of more on the investment banking side and then like helping raise capital is, is my perception or, or helping set these yeah. companies up to now, essentially being, you know, somewhat of an operator or, or running the company. Did you see this kind of working out the way that it did? Is this something that, that you dreamed of or planned for? No, I mean, obviously not really. You know, I thought I was going to be kind of uh, on the finance things for life, um, you know, a couple of years ago. But again, you know, I just been I was so impressed with, you know, what the operators at Gage were doing, the two main co-founders and just thought, you know, this is something very, very special. And, you know, really decided to pursue it on a full-time basis, dedicate myself to the company and obviously bring it to where it is today. And, and frankly, we're not stopping. You know, we've had phenomenal growth from, you know, 2019 to the 2020 year. Um, you know, the company just did phenomenal things in 2020, really, really grew the asset base. And, you know, we're really prudent with the capital as well. You know, if you take a look at, you know, how much money we've raised historically versus some of our competitors out there, or let's call it, you know, uh, industry participants, you, you actually see, you know, how well we've put that capital to work and what we've been able to grow. And so again, just being part of that team, seeing it with my own eyes, I knew I was, you know, part of something special and wanted to really continue forward and really take this to another level. And I really think you're going to see Gage, you know, frankly, go to another level in 2021. We've, we've really hit the, the year running. Uh, January has been, uh, frankly, our, our biggest month ever uh, at the company. And I, you know, really anticipate each and every month thereafter to kind of be the next biggest month the company's ever had. So we're really excited about uh, what's to come in 2021. And again, you know, I never really saw myself doing this, but more importantly, it was really a testament to the, you know, the people that, uh, that you know, were, were on the operating side, you know, at the company and really, really, truly impressed both me, you know, and some of my former colleagues with just the ideas they had for brand development and just the ideas they had for the industry as a whole as we progress. And at the end of the day, I'm sure you guys know as well, this industry is here to stay. It's had its ups and downs for the past, you know, five, six, seven years from a capital market standpoint. 
But from an operational standpoint, you know, it's kind of been building itself up brick by brick. Um, you know, Canada obviously has gone through its ups and downs. And then the U.S. started off slow, not really having, you know, the same capital markets or let's call it capital raising capabilities as some of the Canadian companies initially. But now that's a thing of the past. You see the U.S. companies really starting to rise to the top as some of the you know, most well-known companies out there, uh, not only in North America, but the world. So, you know, it's really exciting times as a whole. Heck yeah, man. And I've, I've seen those uh, lines down the street at the retail shop. And I know you all are going to open up a, at least maybe triple or double or triple more retail dispensaries sure. this year. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, back to what you said about being early, like we 100% believe that we're here in Texas. So it's hard to figure out ways to get involved other than investing because we want to stay here in Texas. Um, but us being outsiders, like we're just these random real estate guys from Texas. Uh, I think you'll, you'll maybe agree or find this interesting, at least like being able to get guys like you, CEOs, uh, you know, we've gotten uh, Jason Wild and Tim Seymour, like I don't feel like we should be able to get these people on our podcast. And the reason I say that is like, you know, you can't just call up, you know, Elon Musk or these, these, you know, big CEOs. But I think that people aren't looking at the space the way that they will be in the future. And so that that's what I'm saying is like, it's so early on, just in that sense, like we're able to communicate with these kind of people. And it's just fascinating because it's like, people are missing it. You know, people don't know, like, totally. Everyone, everyone knows the CEO of Apple or Tesla. It's my yeah. belief that, that everyone's going to know the CEO of all these cannabis companies, but maybe it's going to take five or 10 years. And so, you know, I'm a, the biggest believer. It, it's absolutely happening. It's just a matter of time and, and trying to get there. And like you said, the struggles along the way and uh, similar here in Austin, like real estate is literally changing every day. We have a, a massive amount of people moving here and, prices yeah. are, are literally going nuts. Uh, is that, is that what you're experiencing with cannabis? I mean, is it a, is it kind of a new ball game every month? It constantly adapting? Like what, what does that look like for you? Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a new ball game every month, but most definitely every quarter uh, you're just seeing things constantly change on the, on the market dynamic front. Uh, you constantly need to stay ahead of the game. And, and, and we knew that very well, you know, early on, I should say, in our process as, you know, from from going to relatively a, not a well-known company to, you know, the, the, the big brand that we are today. You see that you constantly need to be on your toes. You constantly need to watch the market dynamics, see what new products are coming to the market. Make sure, you know, you're watching your competitors, seeing what strains and flavors they're coming out with, because at Gage, those lines that you see, you know, on our social media, those are driven by, again, our constant drive to come out with new product or better quality product than we had to offer last month. And, you know, with these new strains, with these new flavors, with the increasing quality that we always want to bring to the table, it, it creates that environment where people, you know, want to come to your dispensary. It's, it's like something new. It's something that drives the people to the dispensaries. You look at our social media, I'm sure you guys follow us. You'll see some people, you know, posting us or tagging us in, in, in our story, buying, you know, 20, 30, uh, 30 bags of, uh, of, of eighths um, and, you know, posting it online. It, it helps drive, obviously, our, uh, our big basket sizes. We have industry leading basket sizes in 2020. We had, I think, on average, $163 uh, a basket size for the year. 
And already this year, we're kind of uh, trending in the same direction. So um, again, as long as you're staying on top of your consumers, understanding what they want, understanding what they're looking for, um, you know, it's just, it's just going to bode really well for any kind of this company, obviously, including like ourselves. And those shelves look amazing, man. Uh, you got the cookies brand and we're uh, we're dreaming of it, but you know we'll get in. We'll ask you some questions about Texas later, but uh, we're 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 far removed from that. The Real Estate Podcast is sponsored by Doyen Inspections. Doyen is a team of female professional home inspectors that serve the greater Austin area. Whether you are buying a resale, building a new home, or about to list your home for sale, the ladies at Doyen Inspections can inspect your home. They provide a color-coded and thorough inspection report full of images, videos, and explanations. Visit Doyen, that is D-O-Y-E-N-N-E, inspections.com for more information or give them a call at 512-655-9940. Now back to the episode. Uh, consumer myself, I got to ask, everyone always tells me, uh, do you consume cannabis yourself? Yeah, no, of course. You know, I, I'm, uh, I always like to see, you know, what products are coming out with and obviously testing those products out myself as well. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a hardcore consumer, but again, you know, I like to, uh, I like to obviously preach how good our brand is and how good our quality is. And for sure, you got to try the product to make sure that you feel comfortable saying that. When it comes to uh, looking for what your consumers, you know, would like to have on the shelves or what they're looking for next, is there anything specific that you think y'all do that separates y'all from maybe other companies? Yeah, you know, it's 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 similar to uh, what I mentioned earlier, right? It's the, the constant innovation. And so if you look at us as well, we we initially rolled out our brand and we had, you know, orange bags, white bags and gray bags for all our product. And, you know, as we moved along, we recognized that people appreciated almost like these these sub brands when it came to your flavors and strains. So, you know, we had some phenomenal, you know, uh, strains coming out. A couple of them I'll mention, you know, Funfetti Cake, Ether OG, uh, and, and Banana Bread, uh, Sweet Tart. Uh, these things just fly off the shelves when we put them on our shelves throughout the 2020 year. And so we also want to, you know, help continue to fuel that sub-brand of Gage in, in terms of these flavors. And so we came out with uh, our new bag art as well. Uh, and these are just, you know, kind of these new funky bags that people just love. Uh, I love them personally. Uh, we're going to have so many more of those as we come out with more and more strains uh, throughout the year. So really, it's you know looking at your looking at your brand and despite the fact that you're doing well, trying to think of ways that you can constantly innovate and and get better and provide for a, you know the consumer with a better experience when interacting with your brand, improving your retail or improving your product product set is something that we drive forward every single day. We're always scouring the market, trying to find new products out there, always trying to constantly say to ourselves, what else can we come up with? Okay, everyone likes, you know, the five, um, you know, bags that we've come out with with some of our best strength. Now, how can we make the next, you know, 10, 15 look just as good, if not better? And so I think that's what helps drive consumers to constantly come to Gage, to constantly come to, you know, uh, uh, a cookies dispensary as an example, not only in Michigan, but across, Michigan, but across the country. Uh, cookies has done a phenomenal job. They're, they're, they're a phenomenal brand partner of ours. Uh, in my opinion, I think they're the best brand in the space right now. Uh, I agree. 
yeah, if you look at what they do, it, it, it's again, constant innovation, constant new strains, constant kind of these like sub brands when it comes to their strain flavors as well, which just creates this, this desire to constantly go to their store and try that new product. And we try to, you know, uh, follow in similar footsteps and provide that to the consumer in Michigan. Whereas, you know, you look at some others and they just grow the same five strains all the time and they wonder why that product's not necessarily selling as well as some of the gauge stuff down the street. All right. We like to hear that. <clears throat> well, um, with the, you know, IPO coming, I believe uh, I read the the press release and it said, you know, hopefully uh, Q1 2021, correct? Yeah. Is this... Um, Maybe I, I misheard earlier, but is this the the first time you're you're taking a, a company public? Yeah, no, not myself personally. So uh, on the you know I'm in my in my former days as a lawyer and uh, as an investment banker, I've worked on a variety of companies uh, from from an advisory standpoint, and have helped take a variety of companies public as well. So I've had plenty of experience in that regard, and I think that's you know one differentiating factor about Gauge versus kind of maybe some of the other competitors that are coming out to market, or you know some of the ones that have come out to market um, and, and become publicly traded companies is again our capital markets expertise runs deep. It's not just me, you know, it, it's some of the earlier you know investors and co-founders with uh, the broader team that also have this deep capital markets expertise that have been part of, you know, go public experiences many, many times before over the past, you know, five, 10 years. So this is not something that's, you know, going to be a, a, a first time rodeo for us. This is something where, you know, really the team involved has done this so many times before, and we're very confident in kind of perfecting it and trying to have, you know, a, uh, a phenomenal go public. Uh, experience for not only ourselves, but also our investors that have supported us along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Got a uh, Bruce Lynn involved with Gage. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if, if uh, I've ever really understood, like, where does the name Gage come from? How, how did they come up with the name Gage? Yeah, funny enough. So back in the jazz era, uh, Gage was slang for, you know, for cannabis, for weed. And so that's, uh, that's how we got that name. And um, it's just a, a name that obviously really resonates with, uh, with everyone, kind of one syllable word. And, you know, even for when we go public, you're going to see continuity in our brand on the investor facing side of thing as well, as well, right? So you're going to see our stock symbol is going to be Gage. Our legal name is Gage Growth Corp. You're going to go to a Gage dispensary. You're going to consume Gage product. So really trying to you know, make sure that we have that vertical integration in terms of the, you know, how the investor and the consumer views the company. And I think that's particularly important. And obviously, you know, we sell a lot of the gauge apparel as well. And so people hopefully will be wearing lots of gauge apparel on uh, One Republic as well. Hey, man, that's interesting. I, uh, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but, you know, you, you consume cannabis with people, you kind of get together you engage is, is that engage maybe you're getting together is that where maybe that came from yeah no, i that possibly I, I mean i'm not i'm not entirely sure how they came up with that uh back in the yeah. day but yeah no that that does kind of resonate so maybe you're right i'm gonna start calling it i'm gonna say let's, let's get together and smoke some gauge that's right <laughs> <laughs> i love it man we're super excited uh you know i wish we we had a little bit more capital put to put in because seems like exactly like you said i mean you know it's a good brand good people uh it's not i don't, I don't feel like uh 
y'all were raising money at a crazy valuation. I mean, yeah. it seemed very, very reasonable, which which seems like something that people would do that have a lot of experience. Um, yeah, we want to be fair. Yeah, start off with your your investors being happy all along the way. Yeah, um, yeah. When we when we when we did you know try to price our our financing, we priced it back in September of 2020, and, and obviously priced it. Um, I would say at a discount at the time to the public market comparables. Since that time, I would say that you know public market market comparables uh, set has frankly doubled, if not tripled. Um, I, I, I you know if you look at kind of all the companies that are in and around our size that will do similar numbers that we will do in 2021. Uh, I think you'd see that again. You know, most of them have either have either doubled in their valuation or tripled in their valuation since uh, since we launched our financing, and that's the best thing too. You know, for us, we didn't want to be greedy. You know, we didn't actually change the valuation of our financing despite all the positive backdrop. Um, you know that we saw in the space, and so we kind of stayed true to to our valuation, ensure that. You know, we actually went through that Reg A plus process to make sure that everyone in the U.S., you know, not just accredited investors, had an opportunity to invest in a private cannabis company before it went public. You hardly ever get those opportunities, not only historically, but even now today, um, you know, only a few uh, go through the Reg A process in the, in the U.S. Because obviously we can't go through the, the typical IPO process and give that opportunity to uh, to the average everyday investor. And so that was pretty important to us, you know, give give our consumers also a chance to invest and become an owner of Gage. Um, and so that was something that we uh, we thought a lot about. And again, wanted to at least price our financing, you know, in our in our opinion, at a at a reasonable valuation to hopefully create some great upside for the investors that participated and supported us at that time. Yeah. Um, what kind of to a personal level for you, for, for our listeners, entrepreneurs, like what, what is it, uh, I guess that, that you enjoy and it's kind of along the lines of like, what are your skill sets and what have you personally done that have led to you finding success, uh, to get to this level of your career? Yeah, it's, it's tough to say, you know what I mean? There's so many factors that, that bring along success, um, you know, working hard obviously is the number one. I think people take for granted just how hard it is to start a company from pretty much dust and take it to you know where it is today. You know where Gage is today. Um, you know, three and a half years ago when we started Gage, it was, it was just an idea. It was a concept. We were going to go after the second biggest medical market behind California, and that was Michigan. Michigan's been the second you know, largest medical cardholder system behind California for many, many years. Florida recently overtook the state of Michigan in 2020 um, for medical cardholders. But again, you know, Michigan had that historical debt backdrop. But again, you know, when you're out there, you're competing with a multitude of cannabis names, you know, private cannabis names that are all looking for money. They're all vying for investor or shareholder capital. Um, obviously, you need to differentiate yourself. You need to work extremely hard to show people why, you know, you are better than the next, you know, cannabis company that they just looked at. And for us, if you take a look at our growth um, and how fast we grew, like we only had our first operational asset near the end of 2019, sorry, near the end of the summer of 2019. And so when you look at how much we've been able to grow in such a short period of time, I got to be honest with you, it's just it's just really down to hard work and, and, and previous experience, obviously, 
uh, in the space that has brought us to where we are today. And obviously for myself as well, personally, you know, I, I, I kind of use, use my backdrop in terms of capital markets to help us move through, you know, the reggae plus financing process and the go public process at a quicker pace than some would actually go through with it. You know, had the foresight to, you know, make sure our financials were audited well ahead of time and things along those lines. It's, you know, small little knickknacks that you kind of build up in, in your experience in doing anything, um, I think is, uh, is really crucial to anyone's, you know, personal growth and continued growth, right? Like I'm always learning. I'm always learning new things on the capital market side. I'm always learning new things on the operational side of things. And that's like probably the second point, having that open mind basically telling yourself, I don't know anything. So let me keep learning. Let me keep wanting to know more about, you know, X, Y, Z versus, ah, no, I don't, I don't need to listen to this person because, you know, I already know how to do that. Yeah. You're speaking our language, man. I had a, a buddy the other day calling me and I was telling him about making offers on real estate. He's like, sounds like it's like, there's not a lot of, he was kind of saying this in a, in a negative way. He's like, sounds like there's not a lot of science to it. It's just, it's just uh grinding, hitting the pavement. Like, yeah, man, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. we're not doing a science project. We're we're hustling, and you know, we, you know, that's number one. And then here, where we're at in this market, we have to adapt to like, man, like there's low inventory, so let's start flipping. Let's start, you know, wholesaling, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. And like exactly what you said, keeping that open mind. Um, how do you guys? Do you think about Texas or other states, or are you zoned in on Michigan right now? I know, you know. A decent amount about Texas, you know, there's there's four uh, licensed holders that can sell to a very, very rare form of epilepsy and like a few other things. Right. Uh, but it's obviously a massive market. But when when something's held down by regulations, do you guys kind of wait until big changes or do you try to stay like uh, super plugged in and, and understand what's happening before it happens? Like, how do you view, I guess, your growth in different states? Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're constantly looking at other states and, you know, where things are looking from a regulatory standpoint and a market standpoint and pricing standpoint as well, you know, for product. And so overall, you know, it's like a consistent, you know, uh, uh, let's call it uh, evolution in our thinking as, as new information comes to the fray. We need to be able to act accordingly and, and kind of decide, you know, where is our next step, where we want to go next, you know, as a company. Um, you know, I'm not as big of a fan of, you know, jumping into a whole bunch of other states right away. I think you'll see, you know, Gage pretty pretty much act like it has over the past couple of years. So really prudent capital management, make sure we do really, really well in Michigan, get deep market share as a brand and ensure that, you know, when people think Michigan, they think of Gage automatically. And then, you know, following that model, again, similar to let's call it a true leave model where you do really, really well in one state and have that deep market share and then use that state as a springboard to enter other states is probably a model that we're following versus, you know, you know, you'll see, you just won't see from Gage, um, you know, any announcements where all of a sudden we're in four different states this year. It's going to be a scenario where we really focus on Michigan. And then as the year progresses, at least after Q2, potentially start to look at other markets and maybe even enter into another market by the end of the year. One, one centimeter wide and one mile deep. That's right. Exactly. This episode is brought to you by HouseMax Funding. HouseMax is one of the fastest growing hard money lenders in America, specializing in loans that provide you the cash needed to fund flips, 
buying holds, and ground up construction projects. Housemax gives you the ability to compete with all cash buyers and increase your velocity by closing in 7 to 10 business days. If you're looking for cheap hard money and a relentless originator who will make sure your deal gets funded, call or text Bryce Tennyson today. 512-627-6192. Bryce is a great friend of ours. He actually funds all of our hard money uh, loans and uh, he'll get the job done for you. Uh, so make sure you give him a call. Back to the episode. That's really great to know. And, uh, you know, I think that Truly obviously has proved out that model um, in Florida. And we're really excited to, to see what Gage is going to, you know, do in, in Michigan. Um, is there... Is there anything that you're looking for um, in Michigan on, on, you know, you know, we've talked on branding uh, consumers, uh, getting them, you know, products that they enjoy and building on that. Is there anything else that you feel Gage is, is trying to focus on to differentiate themselves from, from everybody else? Yeah, I would say you're going to see a very quick ramp up in our retail strategy. Moving forward in 2021, we want to get into as many cities as we can as we move forward. We've really, you know, uh, figured out the cultivation aspect of our company. Our third cultivation asset came online in terms of actually harvesting product in December. And so from that point, you know, we knew, okay, we had a great ramp up. You know, we essentially tripled, almost tripled our production from November to December. And then now, you know, we have a variety of contract growers um, that we've entered into, into agreements with that are going to be producing product for us in the coming months as well. We're probably going to get our first batch actually next week from the first contract grower. And that kind of escalates on a monthly basis as to how many you know, pounds of product we're getting from these contract growers. We entered into five agreements with them that spans six facilities. So in total, by the end of Q2, you're going to see nine different facilities growing Gage and Cookies branded product. And so with this kind of supply finally coming online for us, because that was our biggest issue too in 2020 was keeping product on the shelf. Mm-hmm. We always had, you know, not enough product. We constantly had to buy more wholesale product or third party product to kind of keep our dispensary stock because everything we produced was sold out within a week's time. Now that we're getting more and more supply, you're going to see our dispensary stocked up a little bit better and more consistently. Um, not to say, you know, we weren't doing great numbers in 2020 at our dispensaries. You're going to see even better in 2021. And then more importantly, we want to get to more cities. We opened up our sixth location um, in Grand Rapids <clears throat> this month. We'll open up our seventh location uh, hopefully next month in uh, Kalamazoo. That'll be the first adult use cookie store. And really, you know, we'd love to be on a one to two dispensary opening pace on a monthly basis for the rest of 2021. And I think, you know, that's going to be our aggressive strategy. And, and we really want to get to more consumers faster, um, you know, in a state of, let's call it 10, 11 million people where over 70% of the people can consume, they're of age to consume 21 plus, having six dispensaries is just not enough. And so we want to get to, you know, 20, 25, 30, um, maybe even more, um, you know, by at least this time next year. And so that's our focus. Awesome. And congrats on the, uh, the new locations. Um, since since we are on the real estate podcast, I'm curious to know, um, with these new locations, how big of a factor does, uh, research into the real estate and real estate, uh, research into the locations come into play when y'all are, you know, finding your next retail spot? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's very, very important, right? So when you're taking, looking at the, you know, taking a look at the location, um, you know, in each respective city that you're evaluating, 
there's so many factors that go in. Uh, a funny thing, you know, like uh, like some cities, especially like you know California and Massachusetts, you have the cities that really control the licensing in Michigan. The state does a phenomenal job in the program that they rolled out, but then again, you know, the cities do control, you know, how many licenses are allowed in their city. So in some cities, there's only a couple dispensary licenses, and in some, there's unlimited dispensary licenses. And you know, with those cities that also have limited licenses, you can only do certain things or you can only be uh, in certain locations. So you have these real estate properties that frankly would be you know, not worth as much, but they're kind of perfectly situated to be in a, uh, let's call it a green zone to actually have one of those licenses. And so when you're looking at a new city to enter into, these are things you need to take into consideration. You know, how much of a premium are you paying on that real estate? And really do your analysis to make sure that, you know, you're acquiring the right property. And, you know, the good thing about our portfolio, too, is we own a lot of our real estate. We haven't really, you know, done uh, many sale leaseback transactions. We haven't taken on any crazy debt as well um, that, you know, could saddle the company with, you know, consistent interest payments that, you know, may become burdensome in the future. We've really stayed prudent in that regard and continue to, you know, as we acquire more and more locations, continue to build up the, uh, the real estate portfolio and our collateral package. And, you know, really hope to potentially tap into, you know, the debt markets when the timing is right. I still think the cost of capital is just, just way too high uh, right now. But again, back to answering your question, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty important factor to really hone in on your, uh, on your real estate team to make sure that, you know, the acquisition that you're completing yeah, sure. You can put a dispensary on on any piece of land, but you got to make sure it's the right piece of land. Right. Abs- absolutely. Go ahead, Matt. Well, I was just going to say that's you know most of the people we talk to uh, don't own the real estate, and Alex and I love owning real estate, so that's uh, I I respect it and I like it and I I agree with it. You know, I I understand that some companies don't want to allocate money towards the real estate, but you know, I'd rather be uh, getting that asset appreciation and not have a landlord tell me, you know, what kind of terms that we got to sign. So uh, I just exactly. thought that was interesting. With uh, with the asset appreciation, you know, say that, you know, Gage or another uh, company builds up a, uh, a big real estate portfolio with all their locations <laughs> and their, their operations. Um, and say, you know, I guess y'all are getting these finance, correct? Or you're buying them cash? buying them cash predominantly. Okay. And so I guess if you ever needed to, uh, in the future, um, so Matt and I, with our, with our properties, what we really like to do is, uh, utilize a cash out refinance to, uh, get some more capital to go buy some more real estate. Right. And so I was wondering if, um, you guys ever consider that, or if, if anybody ever thinks about, you know, receiving capital injections, not by going to the market or not by, raising capital, but Hey, we've got these assets. They've appreciated, you know, X amount over time. Uh, let's do a cash out refinance on these, pull some cash out. We can afford to, it'll be cheaper to maybe pay this interest rate or, you know, do y'all ever think about it that way to get cash to, to expand and to operate? No, of course. Of course. I mean, uh, I, I don't think, you know, the prime business plan for Gage is to just simply own real estate and have that real estate appreciate and develop that real estate. It's not even close to obviously what our plan is for the company as a whole. But when you take a look at the options that were afforded to cannabis companies over the past couple of years from a financing standpoint, 
there really wasn't many options available unless you wanted to pay, you know, 15, 16, 17% on that money. We're starting to see that come down a little bit over the past, let's call it four months or so. A couple of the, the, the names you mentioned, you know, Jason Wild did a phenomenal debt package. Uh, I think it was a, about a month ago <clears throat> uh, where he raised, I think it was over $100 million at about 12%. AYR Strategies has similar kind of uh, package and also similar in terms of, you know, cost of capital for that. Um, so, you know, when you were in a situation, or at least, sorry, when we were in a situation where we were evaluating some of these options. And again, looking at the cost of capital, it just didn't really make sense, right? It, we, we said to ourselves that we wanted to get the company to, you know, the reggae process and raise capital in that way. And then thereafter, you know, kind of stay strong, make sure, you know, we didn't complete any debt or sale leaseback transactions. So at this point, as the market opens up, as more, you know, more entrants come, you know, from a, from a financing standpoint to companies like ourselves um, that are willing to enter into the, the cannabis market, that cost of capital is going to come down because, you know, to folks like you, I'm assuming, you know, eight, nine percent, that, that's a phenomenal kind of return um, um, for, for guys like you. Whereas, you know, we were looking at 16, 17 percent six months ago uh, in terms of cost of capital, which, in my opinion, was just just crazy for an industry like this, just where the industry is going and what the potential is. It's almost like it was it was holding the industry back by having, you know, terms like that. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, no matter what industry it is, when when the cost of capital is is that much, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, we, we don't have too much time left and, and we really, you know, want to be respectful of your time and appreciate you coming on. Um, is there, you know, any advice that you would give to some of our listeners who are, you know, entrepreneurs or they're looking to start out, uh, you know, and start their own business or maybe they want to become a lawyer and, and go work for an investment bank? Uh, is there any advice you'd, you'd give to somebody about uh, getting started on their journey or, you know, um, just one thing that, that has really helped you out along the way? Yeah, you know, don't don't become a lawyer. Don't become an investment banker. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I think um, I think, you know, overall, it's just a matter of having a plan. Um, kind of saying to yourself, okay, you know, if I'm an entrepreneur, I want to start a business, whether it's a real estate company, whether it's a t-shirt company, uh, just having a plan and kind of sticking with that plan. And sure, you know, not everything is going to run perfectly. It never does. Nothing's ever run perfectly, I think, for anybody. Um, so it's just a matter of, again, staying dedicated to your plan. And I can't emphasize enough, you know, working hard, you know, the at times you got to also always see the positives, right. In, in what you're doing, it's, I have a variety of, you know, friends of mine that were entrepreneurs, you know, they were at the brink of, you know, possibly not having a company that they started anymore because, you know, things weren't going out as well as they thought they were going to be. And meanwhile, now those, you know, same individuals run, you know, multi-million dollar companies and maybe even have even sold some of these companies as well. Right. And so, um, I just think you got to stay true to, you know, your idea, stay true to your business plan. Um, make sure you don't, you know, spend your, your capital too quick and too early uh, before you really see an acceptance to your idea, your brand or your service. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm no, I'm no expert in this regard. Uh, things obviously so far have worked out really well for myself and my career. And obviously the company I'm a part of, which is obviously Gage. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's just, it's just really dedication, dedication and staying true to staying true to your plan that you had in mind, you know, for many, many years ago. 
Heard it here. No, ex- no excuses. Getting after it. Uh, we appreciate your time, Fabian. And, you know, we, we say where we live in Austin is Opportunity City. Uh, and if you ever make, make it here to Opportunity City, man, we'd love to connect. And uh, if we can ever provide value, we're in. So just thank you for your time. It means a lot. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Obviously, more than happy to come on another time in the future. I've been to Austin a couple times, but I'll make sure the next time I come, I, uh, I hit you guys up and we'll obviously have, uh, have a celebratory drink. All, All right. right, man. We, maybe we'll engage. We love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Take care, Matt. See you later, Alex. Thanks so much. Thank you.